Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Mark, a 50-year-old patient in your practice, presents for a well adult check. He's healthy other than suffering from his smoker's cough. His wife wants him to get a colonoscopy and maybe a PSA test, but he is more worried about lung cancer as he has smoked about a pack per day since he was 18 years old and he just can't seem to quit. You've been generally following the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force guidelines and seem to recall that screening is recommended for lung cancer starting at age 55, but Mark's only 50. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today to discuss lung cancer screening is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and founding chairman for the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Medical School Bay State in Springfield, Massachusetts. Hi, Bob. Hi, Frank. Love this topic. Another area of controversial screening uh, to get into. Yeah, it, it, that, that's, that's exactly what this is, another area of controversy. So, um, you know, we've, we've had some recommendations since 2013 about using low-dose CAT scan screening for lung cancer, but it remains controversial. In fact, the American Academy of Family Physicians did not endorse those recommendations. Um, and my recollection is that the reason they did not endorse them is because even though there was a meta-analysis done, only one of the four studies, the National Lung Screening Trial, demonstrated a benefit while the other three did not. Now the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force has expanded their guidelines. Can you talk a little bit about what the old guidelines are, what the new guidelines are, and how things have changed and why? Yeah, that's right, Frank. Well, you know, I think, as you generally know, you know, lung cancer is really, a, 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 for the most part, poor prognosis. Overall, five-year survival is around 20%. Although early stage lung cancer has a much better prognosis, although it's still not great. I think it's around 50% for a five-year survival, but it's more amenable, uh, amenable uh, to treatment. So early screening is something that does make sense, uh, and what can we do to, to get on, uh, on top of this? So the previous uh, guideline uh, had been, the previous recommendation, the 2013 uh, Preventive Services Task Force recommendation was annual screening for lung cancer using the low-dose CT screening for uh, those aged 55 to 80 who've had a 30-pack year smoking history and are still smoking, or they've quit, it's been within the past 15 years. This new guideline updates is to actually expand the number of people to be screened. They're saying start at age 50. 50 to 80 still is what you're saying, but to start earlier, and for those even with less exposure, they're saying who have a 20-pack year smoking history, that's uh, rather than uh, 30. And then it remains, though, if they're currently smoking or have quit within the last uh, uh, the last uh, 15, uh, 15 years. Wow, that is a lot more people. Um, and I, I was hesitant with with the previous more conservative guidelines. Um, a 20-pack year history and starting at 50? Boy, uh, tell us how this makes sense. 
Yeah, you know, they looked at a lot of data, and uh, and most of the studies that have been done, the, the trials actually started with younger people. They, they they did look at folks that are age 50 in a lot of these uh, trials, and, they, and and with people at uh, 20 uh, 20 pack years, and so some of this, some of the hesitancy, I think, around the the, uh, the first time was around the false positive rates. That was that was a piece of this, and they recognized that uh, most of these studies that supported this were done in academic centers with expertise in performing and interpreting low-dose CAT scan screen. So the American College of Radiology, following this, they developed a new scoring system. It's called the LungRAD system. And really, it's really helping to guide what what should be considered a suspicious lesion for cancer and what should be done uh, to going uh, around that. So the data has suggested that using this LungRAD system actually decreases that rate of false positive results. So that was... uh, that was uh, an, uh, a number one, and the other thing they did is is they uh, and it, they decided to commission a uh, the preventive services task force. Um, a systemic review looking at the accuracy screening for lung cancer here and the benefits and harm, along with some modeling studies to determine optimal age and interval which to begin and the relative benefits of each. Because you got to remember, this was back 2013. So we've got, you know, um, several years now of additional data to be um, to, to be look, looked at. Now, if you look at the data, still, Frank, it's not great, right? Studies in this review revealed a positive predictive value ranging from three to 44%, with more than 20% of tests being considered false positives. But the negative predictive value ranged from 97 to 100%. So a negative result is reassuring, although it's much less common to see that. Now, looking at these numbers here, we had the National Lung Screening Trial. They actually did a follow-up following what was uh, out there for the 2013 uh, recommendations, and they reported the relative risk reduction of 16%, and I know you're going to say, well, that's a relative risk reduction. Uh, and it te- they actually had another trial out there, though, now. This is the Nelson uh, trial that uh, was uh, done in the, the Netherlands, and they had over 15,000 pr- uh, participants, and they actually reported uh, uh, lower cancer death rates among participants in the screening group, 181 in the uh, this is uh, in the screen group versus 242 in the control group. So the number needed to screen with that is about 170. And some results of some other trials are there as well. Uh, other trials really didn't show much in the way of anything statistically different between um, screening with lung uh, low-dose uh, cancer screening and chest radiography or no screening. But they felt that these results were similar to what we see with mammography and therefore uh, let's expand the um, uh, let's expand the start screening younger age and and and, and let's expand the number of people here with uh, uh, lower dose exposure. I thought it would be a valid way to approach this uh, severe uh, disease. You know, when you first proposed this topic, I went and dug up the Nelson trial, and, and sure enough, this is the data they they present. And a number needed to screen of 170 is really quite remarkable for a screening test. Um, but the fact that other uh, long-term studies aren't seeing that kind of benefit in reduction in lung cancer mortality still makes me wonder. So I, I view this as we're in process here, and and who knows what five or ten years from now uh, we'll be doing with regards to lung cancer screening. So so let's assume you've you've jumped in, you started doing some lung cancer screening. How do you decide how often to do it, and when do you stop? 
Right. And I think that's an important thing because oftentimes we, we, we forget about when to stop doing some of these things. They really felt that, of course, they said after age 80, don't bother, which makes sense. Um, they said screening should be discontinued once a person has not smoked for 15 years. So that's actually really encouraging to, to advise our smokers about the fact that the risk declines after 15 years or if they develop a health problem that will substantially limit their life expectancy or ability or willingness to have curative lung uh, lung surgery. By the way, I just wanted to comment. The other thing they looked at was lack of benefit from any other screening modalities. They, you know, sputum cytology, chest x-ray, using uh, biomarkers, no evidence for any benefit for screening uh, any of those things. So we have some marginal benefit from this low-dose CT screening, um, but none of the other things should be, but basically they did say don't, don't bother with those. Well, in, in 2013, as I mentioned at the beginning, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force made their recommendations, but the American Academy of Family Physicians did not endorse this recommendation. How do they feel about, about this new version? <laughs> well, surprisingly, with the expanded screening, they actually uh, endorsed this. They felt now that there was enough evidence to support a B-level recommendation for screening uh, for lung cancer in adults at uh, increased risk. They did acknowledge, though, that the harms are still associated with annual screening, not fully known. Uh, and there are a number of barriers to lung screening in the uh, in the community setting. But Frank, I think this is a positive step forward, and I'm going to be engaging in shared decision-making recognizing the false positive rate and the concerns for radiation exposure. All of a sudden, you're doing a CT scan now uh, annually here. Uh, for patients like, like Mark, those are age 50 to 80 and at risk for lung cancer, if they've been smoking at least a 20-pack history, still smoking, or it's been uh, less than 15 years since they quit. Hopefully, the expanded use of the lung rads classification system will help with this high, uh, the high uh, false positive rate. But the other thing I was thinking about as I was reading is, I wonder if that positive rate is at all useful in motivating smokers. If we're trying to get smokers, I mean, underlying all of this is we've got to continue to counsel our smokers to quit. I think the fact that their risk uh, is greatly minimized after 10, certainly 15 years of cessation is something to encourage them. And I'm wondering, and I'd love to do this study, if you get a false positive rate, is that more of a motivator suddenly to say, I got to do something about this. I just dodged a bullet. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'll tell you, Bob, I too will engage in shared decision-making. I may paint the picture a little less beneficial than you. Here's what my hope would be for the future. I mean, I can't imagine how much these, these scans cost, probably three, $400 minimally. I would love it if every insurance company in the world, in the U.S. in particular, would spend three or $400 a year encouraging and supporting a patient to stop smoking rather than to zap them with radiation on a yearly basis. But hey, we can't, we can't run the world. So for now, we should, we should all share with our patients the pros and cons of lung cancer screening and, and be judicious in, in how you, in recognizing that there's an enormously high false positive rate. Bob, great job. Thanks so much. Yeah, right on, Frank. Thanks. And as I say, well, it's, a, it's a tough problem. We'll keep working it. Practice pointer, the new U.S. Preventive Services Task Force guidelines on screening for lung cancer with low-dose CT is recommended for adults age 50 to 80 who have a 20-pack year smoking history and currently smoke or have quit within the last 15 years. Remember to discuss both the pros and cons of screening and the high false positive rate. Join us next time when we talk about new guidelines on the treatment of STIs from the CDC. 
Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.